Hi, you're listening to the Calvary Christian Church Weekly Sermon. We have services at 8.30, 10.30, 12.30, and 5 p.m. every Sunday. For more information, visit our website at calvarychristian.church. Hallelujah. Welcome, everyone, to another Sunday of worship at Calvary Christian Church. Whether you're worshiping with us online or whether you are among those here in person today, what a joy it is to have you worshiping with us this Sunday. Special shout out, greeting, and welcome to any of our first-time visitors, again, whether online or here in person today. Please be sure to connect with us so that we can connect with you. Hey, I don't know how many of you know this, but today is actually National Grandparents Day. Today is National Grandparents Day, which means, of course, that I obviously have to show off my amazing uh, granddaughter, Savona Sky Clairvois, who will turn two years of age next month. Next month. But uh, so we got a couple of pictures with her today, with her of her with her grandparents. Here she is with Jackie at Richardson's Dairy and uh, enjoying a time there. And then uh, Savona loves to cook with Jackie. And so here she is, again, not even two years of age, but as you can clearly see, she's reading the recipe to Jackie, telling her what to put into the, the different pieces to make up the the meal that they're cooking there, and uh, just have, she loves to be in the kitchen uh, helping Jackie cook. When it comes to me, she helps me feed two, uh, two, uh, two things. She helps me feed the birds, and she helps me feed the fish. And so here we are at the bird feeder. I actually don't have a picture of her helping me with the fish, but immediately upon arriving at the parsonage, when she sees me, she says one word, fish, fish. And we have to go feed the fish in my 75-gallon aquarium out in the study. And then uh, uh, Pastor Clark and Kimberly are going away next week to celebrate their 10th wedding anniversary. And it will be the first time they've ever been away from Savona for a week. In fact, first time, I think, even overnight. And so we're getting in some practice time, a few practice runs. Again, we're going to try again tonight where she spends the night with us. And so I'm reading to her their uh, Goodnight Moon. I think it's Goodnight Moon. Yeah. How many of you read your kids or your grandkids' Goodnight Moon? I guess the books have been around, and now it's good night. You got good night to every other kind of thing you can think of. And uh, so uh, uh, the last time we tried to get her down to sleep, see, for me, the way to get her to go to sleep is just jump in bed with grandpa and grandma. You know, I mean, that's that. But today, you know, uh, you, you know, these psychologists and everything else, my, you know, it's a wonder my two daughters came out normal because I'm just finding out all the things we did wrong uh, as uh, my granddaughter. But at any rate, uh, uh, pray that that all goes well. And then one more picture of her just celebrating uh, her trip to Disney World, and uh, it just gets better and better and better. Amen. Well, happy Grandparents Day to all of you grandparents that celebrating with us. You know how wonderful it is. Hey, I want to remind everyone and strongly encourage everyone to join me uh, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock right here in the sanctuary as we begin a study and discussion on racial reconciliation. Listen, for the sake of the kingdom of God. For the sake of the kingdom of God. Pastor Brigham will be co-teaching this course with me. And to give us a track or guideline to run on, we'll be using the book by Tony Evans entitled, Oneness Embraced, Reconciliation, the Kingdom, and How We Are Better Together. Loved ones, how many know we are better together? Amen? Amen. Let me share a quote from the book. And please get the book, Oneness Embraced. Uh, you can order it at christianbook.com and have it by Wednesday night. Start reading and preparing 
with us. Let me share a quote from the book. The reason we haven't solved the race problem in America after hundreds of years is that people apart from God are trying to create unity while people under God who already have unity are not living out the unity we possess. The result of both of these conditions is disastrous for America. Our failure to find cultural unity as a nation is directly related to the church's failure to preserve our spiritual unity. The church has already been given unity because we've been made part of the same family. And so uh, our focus in this course will not be to solve all the social ills and problems of America. Our focus will be on how we, the church of Jesus Christ, can truly begin to live out the unity that Jesus prayed in John 17 that we would all experience. The unity that's available to the family of God, which was made possible through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary that we remembered in communion today. It was his life, his death, and his resurrection that has made us one. So I hope you'll join Pastor Brigham and me this Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Currently, it's only offered in person because we're going to be showing a number of video clips, which we need special permission to show if we're going to stream online, and we're still trying to get that permission, but so far have not uh, been successful at that. So just, you can register, or hey, you can just show up. I'm confident we'll have enough space and room for you. Of course, when we talk about Unity 2020, I mean, 2020 has been a year of the perfect storm of circumstances to test our unity, not only as a nation, but even as uh, to test the unity as the body of Christ. First, there was the arrival of the coronavirus and all the controversy that has come with how to handle the pandemic. Everybody has an opinion. Then came the increased racial unrest after the merciless death of George Floyd. And then if all of that were not enough, we're experiencing the divisive and vitriolic discourse that takes place every four years in a presidential election year. And while much of the poor behavior we have seen demonstrated is to be expected among those who have no relationship with Jesus Christ, sadly, and I could say very sadly, many professing Christians have allowed themselves to become distracted, all capital letters, distracted, and to get caught up in all the various controversies, forgetting, I said forgetting, who we are as the children of God and what our purpose is for living on this earth which is why we spent the last two months reviewing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the character and the conduct that's supposed to be evidenced in the lives of believers, the character and conduct that is supposed to be manifested by followers of Jesus Christ, not so that we can just be like the rest of the world, but so that we can be salt and light, so that we can demonstrate that God has a better way and a better life for all of us, but it's one that's only truly experienced in its fullest potential when we come together and unite together under the banner of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we're seeing something different in some of our churches. Of course, this would never happen in our church, but in other churches. I get phone calls, text messages every week from pastors asking to talk to me. And, and was, I was on, this was an unusual week, on the phone for hours and hours, almost one whole day, just talking and consulting with pastors who are dealing with problems, divisions, controversies that they're experiencing in their churches. And uh, some of the questions are related to racial issues. Some are related to political, the political arena, how to handle that. And the more recent problems, of course, uh, uh, revolve around uh, the decision to open or not open. And probably well over now, 50% of our, at least our Assemblies of God fellowships have returned to services, most of them using the kind of protocols that we're using 
here. But uh, the new division in the house of some churches is do we have to wear masks or not wear masks? To wear masks or not to wear masks? One pastor told me, I'm just telling you what happened this week. He said, Pastor Tim, I'm fearful that the entire church is going to split over whether or not to wear a mask or not wear a mask. Can you imagine? Think of it. Early early Christians 2,000 years ago were thrown to the lions in a Roman Colosseum for their faith. And today we have brothers and sisters in Christ who risk their lives all around the world just to go to a worship service. And meanwhile, meanwhile, American Christians want to fuss and argue and fight over whether or not to wear a mask. God help us to get our priorities straight. Listen, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if wearing a mask helps or not. But I'm going to follow the health protocols that have been established by those who are a lot smarter than me. Listen, and furthermore, I'm going to always go the extra mile to err on the side of safety to protect my brothers and sisters in Christ. Whatever we need to endure for this short period of time, here's a revelation. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. We're going to get through it. And in love, we're going to prefer one another. We're going to give up individual rights. Remember, anytime you're talking about your individual right, you're saying, I really don't care about everybody else's rights. We're going to give up our individual rights for the greater good of our community and our commitment to unity. Thank you again for all those amens. So with those introductory comments out of the way, I want to address over the next three weeks something that our pastoral staff has been emphasizing for a long time now here at Calvary. But we're going to revisit these themes this fall, especially in light of all that we've been through this year. And you will notice on our website, uh, in all of our brochures, all of our ministry programs, everything here at Calvary now is laid out pretty much under the banner of three different words. Those words are connect, grow, and serve. Connect, grow, and serve. Would you say that with me? Connect, grow, and serve. And our focus as we get started this fall, our focus today is on that of connecting with a sermon that's entitled, It's Time to Connect. It's time to connect. The word connect or connection has many applications for us and there are many connections in life that are important to us. If you're traveling by plane in particular, you want that plane to leave on time if you have a connecting flight somewhere else. You don't want to miss your connecting flight. Then, of course, when it comes to electronics or appliances and all those kinds of things when you have difficulties with them and you call the repairman or the computer tech guy and the first question he or she is always going to ask you is what? Are you sure the device is plugged in? Are you sure you're connected to a power source? It's always embarrassing when I call Pastor Jamie to come to my garage study to try to fix something. He goes, Pastor, it helps if you just plug it in. We need to be plugged in. We need to be connected. And, of course, if you're traveling and you're staying in a hotel or somewhere, you know, especially if you have teenagers, they got one question. Do they have Wi-Fi? You know, are they connected to the Internet? Well, obviously, the most important connections to us in life are relationship connections, connections with family, friends, church, those that we love. So let's talk about the importance of connection today. And we're going to use Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 as a backdrop for our study, Ephesians 4.11, the Apostle Paul writing, here we go, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people. We pastors are here to equip you. If you don't feel equipped, please let us know. And we will equip you in whatever area you need to be equipped for the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Pastors are given to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Look at verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith. We're not there yet, but that's our goal. That's what we're working towards. Always, always, always toward unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow. We'll be talking about growing next week. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Look at verse 16. From him, that is Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. I put in parentheses right there, connection, connection. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Church, it is time to connect. Would you pray with me? Father God, we love you today. Thank you for this opportunity we have once again to gather around your awesome word. Holy Spirit, come and give us spiritual ears to hear the message and the ministry of your word today. Lord, give us hearts to receive it and then faith and obedience to respond to that which you would teach us today. Hide your servant behind the cross and may Jesus Christ be high and lifted up, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. It's time to connect. Now there are conflicting forces in all of us. On the one hand, we tend to be ferociously independent, wanting to show that we can do things on our own. We don't need any help. We want to declare ourselves to be independent people who, as Frank Sinatra saying years ago, said, I did it my way. On the other hand, there's something else within most of us, whether we want to admit it or not, there's something within us that wants to belong, wants to feel connected, wants to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We want to feel like we're a part of a group or a family. We, we want the assurance that we're not alone, that we belong and perhaps, perhaps we have never felt this more keenly than during these days of the pandemic. Making the right connections in life is very, very important. So here are three very important connections I'd like you to consider with me today. Number one, it's time to connect with Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I said it's time to connect with Jesus Christ. The first connection, the most important connection we need to make in this lifetime is our connection with Jesus Christ. And if you're listening to me today and you still do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to know it's time. It's time to connect with Jesus. Here's what I've discovered over the last six months. At least two kinds of people have really struggled with the social distancing and isolation that has come with the pandemic and the shutdown. First, if you are primarily a social animal... You really enjoy hanging out with friends and family. You really enjoy community. If that's you, and it's certainly me, well, then we have really struggled during the pandemic. I mean, we just miss people, and we miss them terribly. But I've also discovered that there's a second group of people that have struggled, and those are the people who have come to realize that their relationship with Jesus Christ was not particularly deep or personal, or perhaps not even existent. You see, for the Christian who's walking and living in an intimate and very personal relationship with the Lord, 
There's a sense in which the shutdown and isolation have actually given us an increased opportunity to appreciate, develop, and nurture our relationship with the Lord, learning to hear his voice more clearly than ever before, going to deeper places in our times of prayer and devotion and study of his word. But if you did not have that kind of relationship with the Lord before the shutdown, if your spirituality or religious experience was primarily connected with, quote, going to church, well, then you have found yourself in a new and difficult place. You see, we really do need to have a relationship with Jesus because one of the things this pandemic has reminded us of is that ultimately everything comes down to our relationship with the Lord Jesus. When we stand before our Father God on Judgment Day, we will not stand there with our parents or family or friends or our church group. We will stand there alone unless we have stood with Jesus here and now. In one sense, it's almost like God has used this pandemic to remove us from some of those things that we have relied on to sustain us spiritually. Those things that kind of have, we've relied on to, to help us through our difficult or discouraging times. And we've had to learn that ultimately our help comes from the Lord. We have to stop looking to others for help, which is sort of the, the default setting for so many. And we have to look to the Lord from whence cometh our help. For no one else can live the Christian life for us which means that we really do need Jesus. We really do need to connect with Jesus. Thankfully, he has extended the call. He's given an invitation to any who have an ear to hear. Listen to his words in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. And then he gives this call only to a very select group of people. He says, come to me all. That's the only people who can come to Jesus, all. Come to me all. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest from what? Rest from your heaviness of heart. Rest from your heaviness of soul. And rest from the heaviness of our sin. Verse 29, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. What's he saying? Get connected. What's a yoke? It's something that connects two animals together. Jesus is saying, get connected to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So I encourage you today to take a step of faith, if you've not yet done it, and connect with Jesus Christ. You need him today. And here's the good news. He's already given the invitation, and in John 6, 37, Jesus says, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Make a date with Jesus today. I promise you he won't reject you. Someone recently was, you know, they, they asked someone out on a date and they got rejected. You know, I feel bad for them and all, but, but hey, Jesus will never reject you. Make a date with Jesus. He will never turn you down. Call on the name of the Lord today. And uh, if you'll make this personal connection, you'll discover that it's not only a personal connection, but a passionate connection as well. For nobody ever loved you like Jesus. Nobody ever loved you like Jesus. Listen to 1 John 4, 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Still talking about connection, aren't we? That we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It's a passionate love relationship. In fact, Romans 8, 39 tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So it's a personal connection. It's a passionate connection, but it's also a powerful connection. 
I say that because Philippians 4.19 tells us that Jesus has the power to meet every need in our lives. How sad that some people spend all their lives and all their energy trying to make power connections with, with politicians, power connections with the rich and famous and the power brokers of this world when they could have a power connection with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when they could have a power connection with the creator of the universe. Evangelist Barry Young, who was with us last week, made the point of how many kids and young people read all the Harry Potter books and watch the movies and the Marvel hero uh, uh, movies and whatnot. And, and, he, and he made the point, well, well, what's all of that about? It's all about connecting with supernatural power. It's all about getting supernatural power. Had a funeral service yesterday and, and a little two-year-old boy came up to me and he told me, I said, well, hello, who are you? He said, I'm Spider-Man. You know, and I mean, so we're, we're kind of obsessed with this, uh, uh, this uh, connection with supernatural power. But Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, everything is possible for one who believes. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Talk about a power connection. Finally, not only is a connection to Jesus personal, passionate, and powerful, but listen, hear me, friends. It needs to be a persevering connection as well. Listen to what Jesus said in John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you. That sounds like a persevering connection to me. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Jesus is cautioning us there not to lose our connection to him. The Apostle Paul gave a similar warning about some who lose this connection in Colossians 2.19 where he writes, they have lost connection. There it is right in the scriptures. They have lost connection with the head, that is Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. I wonder if there's anyone listening to me today you were once connected with Jesus Christ, but if you're honest with yourself today, you'll have to admit that perhaps that connection is not as strong as it used to be. You're not as plugged into Jesus as your power source as you once were. If so, I can tell you with full assurance then that today is the day to connect or for some of those listening today to reconnect with Jesus Christ as your personal Lord Amen. and Savior. So the most important connection, obviously, is our connection with Christ. And then, as the passage we just read indicates, once we are connected to Christ, we become connected to the body of Christ. Point number two today, it's time to connect with the body of Christ. And the first thing I want to remind you about the body of Christ is that it is an interdependent connection. Listen to Ephesians 4, 16 again. From him, that is Christ the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The Apostle Paul tells us that by connecting with Christ, we are then connected to the body of Christ, his family. That's why we call each other's uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a bond through his blood that's stronger than even the natural blood bond uh, that we have in our natural families. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We experience in this relationship, an interdependent connection. In other words, God has designed his body, the church, in much the same way that he designed our physical bodies, with many parts and each of the parts of the body needing the other parts of the body. 
You can't, you know, people, you know, you have to chuckle when people say, well, I, I know I need Jesus, but I don't need the church. Well, you don't know what you're saying. You can't have Jesus without having the church. It all comes together. We're all a part of the body. And maybe you're the hand, but listen, chop your hand off and see how good your hand does on its own. Maybe you think you're pretty smart. Maybe you think you're the brain in the body. Well, it's probably not likely. But at any rate, let's assume you're the brain for just a moment. Take the brain out of your body and see how the brain does on its own. No. It doesn't work that way. We need each other. I don't know about you, but this is certainly one area that has hit me hard during the pandemic and the months that we were unable to meet. I knew I loved you, and I knew that I would miss you, but I did not know how much I love you, and I did not know how much... I was going to miss you. You see, as Christians, we're called to belong, not just to believe. I said, as Christians, we're called to belong, not just to believe. The Bible says, and I'm giving you all the scripture references in your notes, the Bible says we're put together, joined together, built together, members together, heirs together, fitted together, held together, and will be caught up together. My friend, you better want to be a part of the church because it's only the church that's going up in the rapture. Otherwise, you're going to be standing on the ground as we go by and say bye-bye. <laughs> Romans 12, 5 tells us, so in Christ, there's that connection again, in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Over 50 times in the New Testament, the phrase one another or each other is used in regard to our family relationships within the body of Christ. We are commanded to love one another, pray for one another, serve one another, teach one another, admonish one another, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, submit to one another. I can't believe there's not a hug one another command in there somewhere because I tell you, if I have missed anything, I have missed hugs during this time. And, you know, we're just giving virtual hugs, you know, virtual hugs. But uh, somehow it's not quite the same. But these are our family responsibilities. These are our family responsibilities, and we can't very well fulfill them if we're not plugged in and connected with the family. Christian life is more than belief. It is relationship. It is connection. It is belonging. It is community. In a word, it is family. But sadly, this pandemic has had an incredibly detrimental impact on people staying connected to the church family. And as sad as the st statistics are that I'm about to share with you, let me tell you something else that's going on. There's a sifting that's going on too. There's a separation of those who really, really, really are committed to Jesus Christ and those who aren't. And I'm not talking about, again, church attendance. Uh, I'm talking about online attendance. I'm talking about people who are still going to church every Sunday. The latest research tells us that nearly 50% of millennials have stopped attending church online, not just in person, but online since the pandemic hit. 50% and approximately one-third of all professing Christians in America not only stopped attending church when the churches were shut down, but they just stopped church altogether. Now, we're not saying they're saved or not saved. We're just telling you that they're failing to understand the importance of church family and church relationship. Failing to understand and to realize that God has designed his church such that we need each other. I need you, and you need me. This is why we've laid out a pathway here at Calvary Christian Church that emphasizes the need to connect, grow, and serve. Connect, grow, and serve. And we'll talk about growing next Sunday and serving this Sunday after that, but today we need to emphasize the importance of everyone connecting with their church family. And uh, our pastoral staff has been 
commissioned with the task of calling everybody in the church since way back in, since March 15th. So if you've not received a call yet, I want you to, and you want to call from a pastor, talk with you, pray with you, whatever, I want you to call the church this week and say, hey, where's my pastoral phone call? I'm still waiting for my pastoral phone call. And one of the pastors will call you, talk with you, pray with you. But we've got to find a way to stay connected. And admittedly, it's been difficult. And we're having to learn to do things we never knew how to do before. And I have the Calvary Christian Church app on my phone. And I downloaded it, believe it or not, without Jackie's help. I figured it out, made a few mistakes. and So it's there. Now, I don't know how to use it, but it's there. It's there. No, I know how to use it. I know how to use it. But, uh, and, you know, we're learning to do other things and, and Zoom meetings and online services. And, but my point is there are many ways for you to connect. And there, I have the brochure, but it's on our website, uh, all about our connect groups, 14 uh, connect groups that are just uh, opening or reopening this month, both online and in person. Listen, we're going to continue to do all of this lovingly and uh, protecting one another as we follow all the appropriate health and safety protocols. But loved ones, we need each other. It's time to connect with Christ and it's time to connect with the body of Christ. And finally, point number three is the musicians come. It's time to connect with the mission of Christ. It's time to connect with the mission of Christ. And the mission of Christ is clear. Jesus said in Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. In Mark 1, 17, we read, come follow me, Jesus said. In other words, he said, get connected with me. Get connected with me. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. You can tell that's a modern translation because in the old days he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men but we wanted to make sure that we didn't forget the women, right? So come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. And then, of course, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus gives us the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of every single nation. That is the mission of Christ. It needs to be our focus as the church of Christ. If we're connected to Christ, we'll be connected to each other. We will be connected to his mission. What has disappointed me over these last six months is to see how many professing Christians, again, this would never happen at Calvary, but it happens in other churches. What's disappointed me is to see how many professing Christians have allowed the pandemic or the racial issues or the politics not only to divide some of us, but to distract us from the primary mission we have here on earth, which is, of course, the mission of Christ which is to seek and save the lost. People have got their priorities and their passions in the wrong place. Thank you for all those amens. I think some of us need a reminder today. We do not belong to this world. I said, we do not belong to this world. Whole lot of Christians too comfortable to taken up with this world. But we don't belong to this world. Did you know that 1 Peter 2.11 tells us that we are foreigners, we are aliens, we are exiles in this world? Philippians 3.20 puts it like this, but our citizenship, our citizenship is where? In heaven. 
We just live down here, but our citizenship is in heaven. Look at the rest of the verse. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. We're not waiting for the Republicans. We're not waiting for the Democrats. We are waiting for a Savior from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our Savior. Reminds me of a story I read this week. What an awesome story. Man had some shoes he needed to get repaired. He found out where the local shoe repair shop was. Older guy had his shop out in the countryside and man drove to the shop. He got there right at five o'clock, which he assumed was quitting time. He didn't see any cars in the parking lot. So he thought, well, I'm probably too late, but I'm gonna go ahead and check the door, see if the man's in there. And sure enough, the door was unlocked. He got in there and an older gentleman was just getting ready to close up shop. He says, hey, you caught me just in time. And took his shoes. He said, yeah, we'll have these ready for you next week. And the customer, he, he said to the, the older gentleman, he said, hey, I, I didn't see any cars in the, the parking lot. How, how are you getting home? Just out of curiosity. He said, well, you see those stairs there at the back of the shop? They go upstairs where I live. I live up there. I just work down here. Oh, does anybody hear what the Holy Spirit is wanting to say to us today? Loved ones, we live up there, but we work down here, and the work we do down here is to be his kingdom work. Don't get distracted. After all, Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That will not happen if we do not stay connected. Connected to Christ, connected to the body of Christ, and connected to the mission of Christ. This text message I received from someone shows us what that looks like. Here's what they said. Hi, Pastor Tim, I want to thank you. I'm so grateful for Calvary Christian Church and for God's Word. It's been a long time coming, but I finally feel like I'm learning the truth that there's nothing in this world that compares to a relationship with Jesus. Faith is making a big difference in my life regarding relationships. It's like taking off a distorted pair of glasses and seeing realistically about myself and others. I hope I can grow. Here's someone who understands. We live up there, but we work down here. Understands what it means to be connected not only to the body of Christ, but to the mission of Christ. Here's how they close out that text. I hope I can grow stronger in my own walk and lead others to Jesus. Loved ones, we got a lot of work to do and a limited amount of time to get it done, but we can do it if we stick together. It's not simply time to connect. I want you to know it's time to get united. And I know the journey's difficult at times, and it may feel like we're climbing Mount Everest at times. And Jackie and I were in Nepal years ago and, and uh, did not take up the opportunity to climb Mount Everest. There should be a picture of it on the screen here any second now. There it is. As you know, many people now have gone to the top of Mount Everest. It's hard. It's difficult. But here's the good news. We can do it if we do it together. You'll notice in that picture that all the climbers are tied to one another. Ephesians 4.25 in the message says, In Christ's body, we are all connected to each other. It's true, loved ones. It's true. There's an African proverb that says, If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go farther, go together. Calvary Christian Church, I believe the Lord wants us to go a little farther than we've ever gone before. 
I believe there's still work for us to do and more souls to be reached. We can do it and we will do it as long as we do it together. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me for a closing word of prayer? Father God, we love you today. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be separated from you, that you have made a way through the life and the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. Jesus, we need to be connected to you first and foremost. Lord, we thank you for that connection that we have by grace through faith today. And I pray for that one who might be listening today who, who realizes as they have listened to the message that they're not really connected to you, Jesus. They're not really in a relationship with you. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open up their heart today. And that even right now, and I may be talking to one, I may be talking to dozens. Right now, as we close in prayer, would you just say to Jesus, if you don't have a relationship, if you're not connected with him, would you say, Jesus, I want to be connected to you. Jesus, today I open up my heart and connect with you. Come in, forgive me of my sins. And from this day forward, I want to stay connected to you, Jesus, for the rest of my life. Maybe there's someone listening today, you know you were connected to Jesus, you were tight six months ago or a year ago or five years ago, but you know that today you're not really all that connected to Jesus. You've allowed that connection. It's, it's not as strong as it used to be. And today you'd repent and you'd say, Jesus, I want to, I want to, I want to get reconnected with you. 100%, Lord, I want to sell out for you and begin to live my life for your glory and honor. Father, I pray for these who are making that decision right now. Then, Lord, help us all to understand we need to connect not just with you, but with the body of Christ. We need each other. We're family. And Lord, we need to stay connected to your mission. That's why you've left us here on this earth, to do your work until you call us home. Seal it upon the hearts of one and all who are listening today, I pray in Jesus' matchless name. And everyone said amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. We love you. We are praying for you. And it's so wonderful to see you today who are here.